The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Gitin. Masechet Gitin has been sponsored by our good friend and loyal Talmud of the Dafayomi, Mr. Haimi Dana, and his dear wife, Hashem Ishmael Mechayem. He has dedicated this Masechet according to the following principle. Our rabbis tell us that when you learn something, it can avert that item from happening. So we'd like to learn the Masechet Gitin, so it will remain in the theory of learning and never come to fruition in actuality. And therefore it should be blessed, him and his dear wife, and all of Klal Yisrael, with Shalom Bayit, and Aslachan Harvacha, Bechol Ma'asei Yedehem, Amen. Today <laughs> Let's just review, we have two very interesting mahlukot between Rabbi Hanan and Rish Lakish <coughs> on two different subjects. The first subject we had was mahlukot Rabbi Hanan and Rish Lakish when a person goes in front of ten people and he tells them, all of you write for me again. So according to Rabbi Hanan, what he meant was two of them are witnesses and eight of them are just signatories, just to keep his condition to have everybody uh, signing. The Shaki says, no, all of them actually have to be witnesses. So it's ten witnesses. We saw in yesterday's Gemara different nafkaminot between the two situations. We also, just keep in mind, as a preparation for this piece of Gemara, we saw another Mahalogi Rabbi Hanan and Rish in the opinion of Rabbi Shimon of our Mishnah. Let's review it. Rabbi Shimon and our Mishnah held there is no problem in a get mukdam. That's a predated uh, um, get. The reason we said why the Bishman holds there's no problem in a predated uh, get is because the only problem you'd have potentially is pirot, is the husband eating uh, pirot, you know, legally or not legally, and uh, he holds that anyway the husband loses pirot from the time that he decides to divorce his wife, which is from the time of the kitiba. So therefore having a date in the get is not going to affect us anyway he can eat pirot from the uh, time that the get is written. The Mahloket, the Shtakish and Yohanan, this subject was, the Shtakish says, but there's still a 10-day window. It should only have a 10-day window, even though it can be predated within 10 days. After 10 days, however, he said, they get this Pasul, because you're concerned that maybe there was what's called a Pius. Maybe uh, the husband uh, reconciled with the wife, and therefore he was with her. And when that's called the Get Yashan, when a husband is with a wife, after the Get is written, the Get becomes Pasul. So it gives you up to 10 days to be predated. Rabbi Yohanan says, nah, it doesn't matter how many days it was predated. And we don't suspect that it was abuse, because if there was, we'd know about it. Why? Because the neighbors hear the screaming and the yelling and the arguing of the wife and the husband. And if there was abuse, if there was a reconciliation, they would know about it. Therefore, it doesn't matter how uh, predated the get is. Based on this now, just if you know those two mahlukot, we can understand the next sugiyah. Comes the Gemara and says like this, Guy tells ten people, Kitvu get, Leishti, Leishto. Now we're talking about over here where he says, Kullichem, that she says. So it's case of Kullichem. 
Hatom betreminayu biyomar. So two of them signed the get on one day. Ve'inach mikan ba'asarayamim. And the others signed it uh, within uh, ten days. Mikan ve'adasarayamim. They signed it later. Okay? So therefore, uh, the question was, is the get kasher or not? So Atal came to Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi. They came in front of Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi. Amar le, so he told them, Kedai hu Rabbi Shimon lesmoch ala b'shat adahak. Listen, you can rely on the Bishon, even though it's a predated get now, because it was signed. Two witnesses signed on <coughs> one day, and the other eight guys signed uh, later on. So Kedai hu Rabbi Shimon lesmoch ala that what <coughs> really. And the halakha follows, let's say, the rabbis. But in this case, over here, you wrote the get already and all that. We can rely on it. Be sure that this is a predated get is okay. So it comes again and says, "Ve'amal shlakish lo echshir shlakish Rabbi Shimon elal lealtar." Aval mikan v'adasarayamim lo. So what do you mean? Rishlakish explained to Rabbi Shimon that it was only matir within ten days. It seems that this get was written, signature signed on one day, and they didn't sign the next one until. After 10 days. So even Rabbi Shimon was only lenient if it's an immediate uh, predated get. But not a get like this, which is after 10 days. No, we'll hold like Rabbi Yohanan that says that Rabbi Shimon holds even after 10 days. It's okay. So therefore we're taking Rabbi Shimon the way Rabbi Yohanan interpreted. That even after 10 days, which doesn't matter how predated the shtar is, the get is going to be kosher. Oh, so comes the says, wait. Ve'ama Rabbi Yohanan, if you're going already with Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Yohanan says, Shnayim mishum edim v'chulam mishum tenai. Once already introducing Rabbi Yohanan, you have no question at all. Because he holds that in this case of Evkul Lechem, all ten are not witnesses. It's only two witnesses and eight just because of the condition. So basically, it's not, it's not a predated start at all. Because the two witnesses that signed, signed, and the other eight can sign whatever they want. They're not signing from witnesses. So once already introducing me to Rabbi Yohanan, you don't even have to get involved with the Mishamon at all. Which means, in that argument, he holds like Nishakish. Which means, in the argument of how when a guy says, Is it all ten uh, witnesses or is it eight and two? So on this, the rabbi holds like Nishakish, that all ten are witnesses. Oh, but in the argument of explaining the Bishamon, do you have ten day window or do you have more? In that, he holds like Rabbi Yohanan. So then we're back to the story. Guy told the uh, witnesses, Kulichim. Oh, if you hold like Nishnakish, Kulichim means what? All ten are witnesses. And what happened in the episode? Two guys signed on one day, and the other eight guys signed after ten days. Oh, in that he holds like Rabbi Yohanan, that there's no limit of a predated star according to Rabbi Shimon, and therefore he was Makshir the Get. So therefore you're taking, you're, you're mixing and matching. You're taking Rabbi, uh, you're taking Nishnakish, in the argument of Kulichim, that all ten are witnesses, and you're taking Rabbi Yohanan in the interpretation of Rabbi Shimon, that there is no limit exactly how long the shtar can be predated. And therefore, in this case, if you take Rabbi Shimon, Alibad Rabbi Yohanan, the get would be, okay, Kamzi Mishnah, Bechol Kotvim. Okay, now we discuss the ink that can be used to write the get. One rule is that the get that has to be written on with indelible ink, unerasable ink. So the Gemara, the Mishnah gives examples. Bidiyo, uh, we'll just read the inks and then we'll explain them. Bidiyo, besam, besikra, bekumos, bekankantum, ubkol davar, shehu shel kayama. 
point is, any type of ink that is indelible. And kodvim, lo b'mashkim, you're not allowed to use, mashkim uh, is like liquids. Velo b'meperot, fruit juices. Velo b'chod davar, she'en mitkeim. For that matter, anything that is not mitkeim, does not stay. Ala kol kodvim, now we discuss the items that you can write the get on. Ala ale shel zayit, you're allowed to write it even on a olive leaf. Ve'ala keren shel para, or like on the horn of a para, of a uh, cow. Ve'notem la'ta para. And you give her the entire cow. It gets written on the uh, cow. Al yedeh, al yad shel ayvid, you can even write it on the hand of a servant, of a slave. Ve'notem la'ta ayvid. And give her the slave. Rabbi Yosegele Yomer and Kodvim. Lo al davar sheesh bo ruwa hayim. He says, no, you cannot write on something that has life. Nor can you write on Ochlim, which is food. Now, she just says, Tilusha. She says the case is talking about where it is, uh, is not connected. It's Talush. Then, Otenatapara, Gemara is going to explain all these cases. We'll wait for the Gemara to explain uh, the end of the Mishnah. Now, we're going to go back to discuss the different type of inks that are uh, permissible. So, the Gemara says, Dio. What is Dio? Diyuta. That's the regular standard black ink that we know from the Sefer Torah and Tefillin and Mizuzot. That's called Dior. Sam, Sama. That's called Sama. Okay, what do you want an English word for that? Urashi uh, gives you the French word, uh, Urpiment. Yellow paint. He calls that yellow? Urpiment. Yeah, Urpiment. Okay, Sikra. Amaraba Barbarhana, Sikrita. That's a red. A type of uh, uh, a dye, as she says. Secret Hashemah. Kumus. Kuma. Okay, as she tells us, Snafa ilans the sap from a tree. Kankantum. Amar Ababar Barhana, Amar Shmuel, Harta de Ushkafe. That's like the shoemaker's paint. Right, that they used to uh, paint the uh, leather. Okay, like the polish of the uh, shoemaker. So that is also okay. Ubchol davar shumitkeim. And then after the Mishnah gives us some examples, it says, and any item that is mitkeim. Now, what do you need that for? You gave me a whole list. So the Gemara says, la'atuyemai. What is that statement coming to include? La'atuyeh haditani rabi hanina kadvo b'met tarya ve'afsa kashir. If you wrote with met tarya, now there's a machlokin in Nashi what met tarya is. He brings two opinions. As she says, Megeshamim, sometimes rainwater. That's the rainwater that um, that drips down. So it has like a coloration in it, either from the roof or something like that. And that pigmentation in the rainwater is uh, Kayam. <laughs> or he says, That's water that they soak a certain fruit in it, like the gallnuts. And therefore, gallnut water. Okay, so it's Mahlokat on Mertariya. And then you have Afsa. Okay, how are we explaining uh, Afsa? Okay, that is also walnut juice. Walnut well, is a type of uh, peri, he says. Okay, that's what it is. Well, he explains over here, and, and, and I mean, just uh, which, which the way the Gemara is going to explain later on. He says it's a certain type of tree, and next to the tree grows a, uh, a certain sira'ah, like a hornet. And the hornet lays its eggs, and the eggs go between the bark of the tree and the tree itself, and they take from that bark over there, 
and they make um, they make this uh, ink over. That's called afats. Uh, uh, I will wait for the Gemara to explain. But basically, it's a type of ink that is indelible. Tani Rabbi Hayah. Okay, Rabbi Hayah says, Katvo be'avar. Avar is like uh, lead. She says, Sheshafa ofaret be'mayim. You took the lead and you put it in water, and you made the waters black. Be'shachor. Okay, shachor as she says, be'hamim. That's like coals. Ubshihur. Shihur as she says, Hartadush kaveh. That's the polish of the uh, shoemaker. Kashir. Okay, all these cases are kashir. Why? Because it's uh, indelible. Itmar, we have a statement of that. Hamavir diyo al Okay, a person let's say had on a piece of paper, he had letters that were written in sikra. Sikra, we said, is red ink. He went on Shabbat and he wrote over those red letters in black ink. So the Gemara says, Your Hayav two different ayuvim of it. kotev. Which means because you're erasing the bottom letters. Dio is more prominent than the red ink. And therefore, when you're writing the Dio, the black ink over the red ink, first of all, you're erasing the bottom letters by writing over it. And the erasing that you have on Shabbat is an erasing that's al menat nechtov. That you're erasing with intention to write. And here, you're erasing the bottom letters in order that you can write on top of them. Two new letters in a more prominent fashion in the black, and therefore it's going to be Hayab Mishum Kotev, and because of Mohek. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Al Gabes Sikra, Shte Otiyot Sikra, Vir Alim Dio, Beshabat, Mohek, Al Minat Lichtov, Shte Otiyot. We're talking about you wrote two letters, Beshabat Hayab, Vizem Mohek Tachtonot, Sikra, Vekatav Alionot, Dio. Good. Now we get to the next case. Dio al gabe dio, black ink over black ink, sikra al gabe sikra, or red ink over red ink, patur. Why does she says shealehu? And the Bach answers kibatehila lo katav velo machak. You didn't write anything. Whatever was written was written in the same color. And you didn't erase anything, so therefore everything is sad. Like, we're not saying it's mutar to do such a thing on Shabbat. We're just saying it's not the av of kotev and mu'agid. Does that enhance it in any way? Right? The red stayed red, the black stayed black. Now the Gemara has the question. Sikra al When you write the red ink over the black ink on Shabbat. Amri la hayav amri la patur. So here already you have a mahluket. Now, what's the logic to say uh, patur or hayav? Obviously, hayav mocheku. Bottom line, when you're writing the uh, red ink over the black, you're erasing. You're erasing the black ink, which is underneath. Amri la patur. But the logic says patur mekalkelhu. Because you, uh, it is a an act where you are destroying. What does it mean, destroying? Mekalkel, you're ruining. That she says, v'habi lekemochek al menat shelo lichtov. Which means, when you write red over uh, black, black is more prominent. Yep. And therefore the red, if anything, you ruined it. And therefore when you mekalkel, when you, when you do something that is uh, 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 like a destructive, so you're not hayav on such things on Shabbat. Ulman <laughs> Oh, but what about the rabbi that says hayav? Now she says, lo ave mekalkel kol kach, nikar. 
which means it's not such mekalkel, because it seems you can still see the black ink underneath. Which is, the red doesn't blot it out totally. Yeah, it is a form of erasing, but since the black ink is still nikar, you can't say it is totally a mekalkel. Okay, so those are basically the cases. The obvious case where everybody agrees is uh, black on red. The case where also everybody agrees is black on black, red on red. And the place where you have the mahlokit would be red on black. One logic comes along and says, uh, Hayav. Why? Because bottom line, you're racing. Yeah, Hayav on erasing, because we're not going to consider the writing prominent. We had black and you wrote red, that's not considered a prominent kitiva. But it's considered a mehika in the sense that you did erase the uh, bottom. Uh, the bottom. It's not a mekalkel because it's, it's still you can still it's still uh, legible. However, uh, according to other shita, no. When you write, when you erase with red over black, that's mekalkel. You took something good, a good black ink on the bottom. You write the red on the red on the top. That's when you mekalkel has to be hayav. It has to be amanat lichtov. Here you wrote something that was not uh, not a prominent uh, not a prominent writing. Okay, so that's. Uh, that's that. The Mephashim explaining over here that the Mehikah normally, you know, Hayab Mohaik, unless it's Almenat Lichtov. Because normally, a Mehikah is a destructive act. Normally, every Mehikah, you're destroying something, right? You're erasing. So, therefore, to be Hayab, it's got to be a positive action. Mehikah Almenat Lichtov. Here, however, the Mehikah is through writing. And therefore, this type of mehikat, bottom line, you do see the red ink on top. You do see red ink. And therefore, it's called mehikat because you're erasing the bottom. But you can't call it a full kilkul because still you have something on top. So such a mehikat, even if it's not al-menat lichtov, is going to be hayaf. I repeat again, the whole mechanics of why mehikat you need al-menat lichtov. Why, why do you need mehikat? Why, why not stop? If I just go on Shabbat and erase two letters, it should be hayaf. It's a destructive act. Now I have a blank piece of paper where I had something uh, written there. But if I can give you a case where I can have a mehika that's not al-minat lichtov, but there's a positive uh, result. Like what? Like this case of writing red over black. Which You're right. I'm writing the red over the black. Writing, it's not going to be. Because bottom line, when I had a, red, a, a black and you put a red in its place, that's like considered a ketiva. But bottom line, I did erase the bottom black. Ah, but it's not, I'm not to write. You're right, but I didn't make a kilkule, because bottom line, I do have something positive. I do have two red letters here. So there, and, and, and that's the card. And that's incidentally what that she meant. Now, if we go back to that she, when that she meant, when we read this, that she again, mekalkelu, vehavi lekemohek almenat shelo lichtov, ulman demehayev, means the red is noticeable. Since the red is noticeable, you can't say you did something totally destructive. You look at the paper, I don't see a blank paper, I see two letters, albeit they're in red. So what? Therefore, it's a mehika, shelo almenat lichtov, where there's no kilkul, that's why you're going to be hayav. Okay, now we get back to the subject. So that, 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 those are the cases. Now the Gemara says... Yeah, this early in the Masechet. You have Edim, they don't know how to sign. Okay? So let the uh, people come along, help them out. Let them sign the names in red. 
ויחתמו כתב עליון and then let them just write over those red letters in black. So the Gemara says, Ketav or Eno Ketav? Does that count or not? Amar Leh, Eno Ketav. He told them, no good. What do you mean? Amar Leh, Ve'alu Lematanu Rabbeinu, you told us by Shabbat, Ketav Elyon, Ketav Elyon Shabbat. You told us on Shabbat, if a guy writes black on red, he's Hayav Ketiva. So now I ask you a question by a get. Where a witness writes black on red, you tell me what? Is the second sentence a signature? Amar Leh. So he comes along and tells them, because we were, uh, we were being mahmir, which means even on Shabbat that we said Hayav, we were talking, you know, from, from, from Sivara. Logic. We weren't so certain that it's considered a ketiva. We were saying it, it seems that way. So because what we said it seems, now you're going to be uh, lenient to come along and say that the get is a get, which means you're going to have to be mahmid in both places. You're going to have to be mahmid on Shabbat not to do it, because it could be considered, um, uh, you know, it could be considered a ketiba. But you also have to be concerned that we're not going to kosher a get and let this lady now go get married in this case as well. So he thought that when he said the law on Shabbat, he was saying it, certainty. It's ketiba. Also, it's ketiba, so why get it? It's also ketiba. He said, no, 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 no. Even on Shabbat, we were, we were you know, playing back and forth with the sevarot. I, we were mahmir. That's just because we were mahmir on Shabbat. Now, you want to make them, you want to do a ma'aseh by, uh, by, 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 by gitin? There's that much, when I look at that she, that she says, na'aseh ma'aseh, lehakel, afidu ninyan Shabbat, imba ma'aseh liyadenu bezman bet ha-mikdash, even if it came to me this question on Shabbat where a guy wrote red on I mean uh, black on red I wouldn't tell him to bring a korban why? because maybe he's bringing because maybe he's not hayav and if he's not hayav he's bringing a chulin and a non-sacred sanctified korban in the azara he says even on Shabbat I don't know so they point out you, you can't be mekel by, uh, by get comes the Gemara and says itmar Another statement. Edim she'en yod'im lachtom. Edim don't have a sign. Rav Amar, so Rav gives you an idea. Mekara'in lahem niyar halak umemale'im et akira'im diyo. So that she learns, what does this mean? Mekara'in really means misartin. You take a sharp uh, tool, and what do you do? You etch the um, uh, the tzura of the otiyot, right? The shape of the letters. You etch it on the cloth. Right? On the, on the blank part of the paper, underneath the get. And they come along and they fill in the, uh, the, uh, the right, they fill it in with, uh, with ink. Okay? So you're, you're outlining it, that's what, you're outlining it on, on, on the cloth itself. That's the way that she understands uh, how it was done. Now, the... Okay, there's other mefashim over here that have a, a different uh, interpretation. Let's go. Uh, let's go one at a time. Some want to say that that's not going to be a good system. Asking on Nashi, because when you make hakika with this uh, utensil, it's ketav that's mitkayim, like that. That uh, engraving, we'll call it, is mitkayim. There was ketiva. So it's written already. So when the Edim fill in the ink, they're not really adding anything because there was a Ketiva already there. That's the question that they ask on, uh, uh, on the sheet. So 
Some want to say that in the Ashi, when he says to, to write it like that, to engrave it, don't engrave it completely, which means leave blanks. When you're, when you're etching the outline of the letter, they didn't etch it complete, they would leave spaces, exactly, dotted lines, so that's not considered a letter, and then the, uh, the witness would come and fill it in, so the way he's doing the actual writing itself. Tosfot had a, uh, a different interpretation. He understood more like we learned earlier, a stencil. Which he learned that you take a separate piece of paper and you cut out, like the Mekarim, you cut out the shape of the letters, uh, of their names, and then you put that stencil over the git, and then they just fill in the, uh, you know, fill in the, uh, the, uh, the blanks. The only problem with uh, these shitot, both shitot, is like this. When you sign a name on a get, it's got to be a signature that can be verified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, in this case over here, the edim of it, whether you're learning like Rashi or Tosafot, right. it's, it, it's not their signatures. Right. It's really now, now you see their signatures, right? Who can come along now, two witnesses, when they want to make Kayim the get, we know their signature. You're seeing the signature of the guy that made the stencil. You're seeing the signature that the guy made the engraving. So Tosfot understands and he explains like this. You have to say that their signature still is unique. Why? Because when they make the stencil, let's say, and they put it over the, uh, over the paper, you tell the witnesses, don't fill in the entire stencil. Which is put the ink and leave some space between the stencil and the letter. And therefore, it is, it is still unique. Therefore, their handwriting has a distinctness to it. If you look at the, for example, it gives you an example in the picture over here. You see the Gimel and the Dalit in the, in the Oscar book here. You see, the, the stencil is much wider, but they're only writing in part of it. And therefore, still there's a distinction for their uh, uh, signatures to be uh, separate. In any event, the Gemara comes along and says, that's what you do for witnesses that don't know how to sign. You do them this uh, system over here. So comes the Gemara and says, Ushmuel Amar Be'avar. Shmuel said, no, you don't got to even do this. Let the first guys write the signatures in lead, and they'll write over it. Oh, the Gemara says, Be'avar Sakadatach. How can you tell them to write it in lead? Ve'ad ta'ni de'bihaya ketavo be'avar. Be'shachor u'b'shichur kasher. We learned earlier that lead is considered indelible. And therefore it's indelible, so therefore the signatures are signed already. You can't write on something that's considered a ktav already. So the says, Lakasha. Ha be'avra, ha be'avra. Depends. The lead itself, if you're going to write with, that's erasable. Therefore you can write over it as considered a ketiva. That which we said it's indelible is talking where you took the lead and you soaked it in water. When the water absorbs the lead, that water remains now indelible. So therefore, again, in the case where we say to the Edim, um, don't know how to sign, Shemuel saying, let even them sign, let the first group sign on with lead, meaning actual lead itself, sign their names. That's erasable. Then the Edim will sign over it, so they have, their signature on top is considered a ketiba. Ah, we said it's indelible, that's the Mayim that they put the Avad in. Another answer, the Gemara says, Rabbi Abu Amar, Bememilin. Oh, let the first group sign bememilin. That's water that they crushed gold nuts in. All right, so it leaves an impression, and then the idea will sign over that. See, we're, all, all we're doing is answering over here a scenario when the witnesses don't know how to sign. How do you deal with it? So first says do the stencil. Second answer do the lead. Third answer do the gold nuts uh, in the water. 
talking about? We learned metaria. And the way that she understood metaria was what? That was the gold nuts in the water. And what? That was mashma. And they said kashir. That means that's indelible writing. So how could you tell me, let the witnesses sign over this metaria? The first one is considered writing. So comes the Gemaran answers. Lakashia. Had the afits, had the lo afits. She'en memilin al gabe memilin. It depends what you did to the cloth. Which means the cloth, the parchment, sometimes they would um, treat it with gold nuts, the cloth itself, and sometimes they wouldn't. Now, if you treat the cloth with gold nuts as a procedure, when you're going to write with the gold nuts in the water, it's not going to be noticed because it's writing memilin on memilin. It's writing gold nuts on gold nuts. So that ktav is not going to be kayam. That case, the witnesses could write over it. But if you have cloth that wasn't treated with gold nuts, then when you write with the gold nut water, it's going to be indelible. In that case, we're going to say that the witnesses cannot sign over. So it all depends what you did to the cloth in the first place. Look at that sheet. Had the afitsa, hakelapim, the cloth, the parchment meubadim ba'afatim. Right, they're uh, they're treated with gold nuts. Roshmin alehen etaidim bememilin. Then already you can make a, a signature for those witnesses with memilin. They lo aviktav shalem barei akedafim kumarei aktav. Right, because the 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 writing looks like the cloth. Ve'enonikar, it's not noticeable. Hilkach en memilin agabe memilin. Right, you can't write uh, you know gold nuts on gold nuts. Ememina memelin. Comes the Gemara and says another interpretation. The Papa Amar Berok. He says over here you could write it for the witnesses with the saliva. When you take the saliva, you make an impression of the signature. Let them sign over the saliva. Vechen orire la Papa le Papa Torah. Papa Torah, they called him Papa Torah because he was a salesman of, uh, he was a broker of ox. So they called him Papa Torah. He told them, use rock, the rock. He told them, use the saliva. The anime, the begitin. Oh, that only talks about, we allow gitin. Which means this whole business over here that we allow to write, give them an impression, and then let the witnesses sign over it, by a get will be leaning. Do you know why? Because of aguna. Obviously, these guys are the witnesses over here. They don't have to sign. If you're going to have to wait now to find guys and not to sign their name, she's going to be held up. We don't want the lady to be an aguna. So when it comes to Gitin, we want to write to get fast for her. Yeah, I, but these guys are not to sign? Okay, we'll play all these games over here. So make an impression, let them sign over it. Aval, bishtarot, lo. But when it comes to regular monetary shtarot, you know, loans and things like that, now she says, Ya'zir akhara edin bekiim lahtom, which means, you, know, you gotta wait. We're gonna wait until you find normal, uh, normal witnesses. I mean, we're, we're worried, in the case of get, listen, the husband's here now. If you're gonna take, push it off to your farm, maybe the husband's gonna go away to Medinatayam. Maybe he's gonna die over there. Now she falls to your boom. You're gonna, you're gonna put her into all sorts of uh, dilemmas. So therefore, uh, that she says, by a gate, you can be lenient. However, when it comes to Shashtarot, which there's a wait. Wait till you find the guy who knows how to sign his name. Kibra says, There was a story. 
that someone by other documents, not a get, had these uh, people that don't know how to sign their names. So they made the impression for them, and Lafkana got angry. So they were not lenient by Shashtot, and he gave them Malkut. They, what? Because they were lenient when they shouldn't have been. Tanya Kivate de Rav. We have a Braita to support Rav that said you do the impression, like either the stencil or the engraving. How do we know that? They don't have a sign. Like we said, either you engrave or you make a stencil for them. Very good. And the witnesses will fill the blanks in with ink. Now, according to Tanakama, which we're just reading this Braita, he does not make a difference between Gitin and other Starot. He just says a blanket statement. If they don't know how to sign, this is what you do. He wasn't talking about Gitin. He's talking about everything. So comes the bunch of Gamliel and says, I'm not a bunch of Gamliel. Oh, so Trabajko is not on this here to play around with the witnesses. That's only talking about by get, because Raguna, Avab, Shahrure, Avadim, Ushar, Kolashtarot, Im Yudim, Likrot, Vilachtom. Oh, now the bunch of Gamliel in a new, new item. If they're not to read and sign, Chotmin. Then already they can sign. Ve'im lav in Chotmin. Now, Rabban Shemom Gamir throws in Kiri'ah, which was not discussed by Tanakama. I would discuss what you're not a sign, you're not a sign. Rabban Shemom says, well, you got to know how to sign and read. So the Gemara says, Kiri'ah mandechar shemeh. Who's talking about Kiri'ah? That Rabban Shemom Gamir just threw that in. So the Gemara says, you know what? The Brayta, or actually, the yeah, Brayta is missing some words. Hasurim mechsera, v'achi ketani. Aedim. She'en yod'im likrot. This is Tanakama now. Edim that are illiterate, they don't know how to read. Korin lifnehem v'chotmim. So read the star in front of them, and then let them sign. So that's a case where they can't read, but they can write. Then the next case, v'she'en yod'im lachtom. Or if they don't know how to sign either, so then you do both for them. Read the star for them, and then do the stencil, and let them. So Tanakama is lenient, even though the guy is totally illiterate, he can't read, he can't write. Read the paper to them and have them sign in the, in the way we explained. This leniency we're going to say is only what by a get. over here that by Starot, you got to know not only how to sign. You gotta know how to read it yes, as well. So therefore we have a fantastic ma'lok. Tanakama is holding what? Ben beget. Ben bishtashtarot. You don't have to know how to read. You don't have to know how to sign. There's options for you. Rabban Shemom is right. I'm only giving you options by get. But by shashtarot, you gotta know how to read and write. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar bin Azar, my ta'amad Rabban Shemom Gamliel. What's the reason why he's lenient by Gitin? Shelo yu benot yusil agonot. Right? We don't want the Jewish girls to be agonot, which means you have a guy over here, he doesn't have to sign his name. What are you going to do now? You're going to wait now to find other witnesses? In the interim, the husband's going to go out of town, or he's going to uh, die, something's going to happen, she's going to fall to Yibum. We don't want to hold her up. So comes the Gemara and says, Who does the halakha follow like? We found that what the leniency is only by Gitin. Oh, came Rav Gamda and said, you know what? That guy's not like Rashbag. So the Gibbas hold it. 
ve'ela keman. Then who's that? Who's the only other option is who? Kerabanan. Now, according to Rabbanan, that means even by Shad Shtarot, it's permissible even if a guy does not know how to sign his name, we'll allow him to, to we'll do the stencil for him. Right? Or read. But the point is, if you tell me that the like the rabbis, we have a problem with you. Rav Gamda. Ve'ahu de'avad uvda b'shar shtarot v'nagdei Rav Kana. So then why did Rav Kana give the guy lashes when, they signed his, when he signed his name on other shtarot? Right, Rav Kana had a case where he got another sign his name, they made the stencil for him, and what? He signed over it. What? Rav Kana beat him up. So what does that mean? That the is not like... Uh, the banan. So how can you come along and say that gamda? The halachas like the rabbis. If the halachas like the rabbis, why does that give the guy malkut? Targema akiria. So he said like this: that which I said, that gamda halacha like the rabbis, is only what they said regarding not being able to read. So I'm taking the rabbis partially, which means when it comes to a get. Everybody agrees, even if they can't read, even if they can't write, read the get to them, have him sign with the stencil. By Shar Shtarot, we're all going to say that that guy is what? If they don't know how to sign, they can't sign. That's why Rafkana gave the guy Malkut. Oh, when did I say Alakad like the rabbis? In reference to what they said of reading. Which is, if guys know how to sign Shar Shtarot, but they just don't know how to read. In that case, we'll let the star be read to them, and therefore, they can sign their names after. So therefore, when Rav Gamda said halakha like the rabbis, or when he said en halakha like Rajbag, what he meant to say is we're going to take the rabbis partially. Not on what they said by Hatima, but what they said by Kiri'ah. Therefore, Rav Gamda's story is good. That's why he gave the God Malkut, because we don't take the rabbis when it comes to Hatima. But indeed, if let's say the case came to Nafkana and the witnesses knew how to sign, but they just couldn't read it, he'd have it read in front of them and he'd let them uh, sign. Now the Gemara tells some stories. Rav Yehuda Mitzta'er Kare Vehatim. Now she says, Rav Yehuda was a Zakin and he was going blind, Barminan, and when he needed to sign as a witness or a judge, he would read the Shtar himself, he wouldn't have it read to him. He would pain himself to read the star. Amar le'ula. So Ula tells him, Lot sirichat. You don't need it. What are you painting yourself? De'ar Rabbi el-Azar. Marad de'eris Israel, Which means he's the baki, more than all his friends. He's the expert. Karu kamev hatim. They would read the star in front of him, and he would sign. So therefore, what's the problem? When it comes to kiri'ah, you can be lenient. So you don't have to read it yourself. You can have somebody else read the star in front of you. But of Nahman, Karu Kameh Safred Dayane. And also, of Nahman, when he was in Betin, the other Dayanim would read the Ashtar in front of Lav Nahman, Vehatim, and then he would sign. Now, the Gibraltar says, Vedat, Karav Nahman, Vesafra Dayane. Only Rav Nahman and the Safra Dayane. And Mufti, how do explain the English of Safra Dayane? It's like the. the, uh, the, the Right, the, the judge's scribes. It seems that Nachman had scribes under him, you know, writing Shtarot for him. You could trust them. Normally speaking, you need two people to read the Shtar. Because who says maybe the one guy's lying? But in the case of Nachman and his scribes, they were scared of him. And therefore, even one would be allowed to read the Shtar to Nachman. So the, 
Yeah, which means, but only one of them read it to him, which means the scribe of the rabbi in front of Ravna Man. You need, you need that, 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 that dynamic of his scribe and Dafka in front of Ravna Man. Uh, look at uh, Rashi. Rashi says, uh, he was appointed by the Resh Gadut of Babel. He was a son-in-law of the Nasi. Now, the Sofred Dayanim Yedeim Mimenu. Right? The Sofred Dayanim is scribes were scared. They're not going to lie. So the Gabbara says that that they have fear of him. But Rav Nachman with other scribes, or Safed in Avinish Arina, no. Okay, so that's uh, that's that point. But so normally, generally speaking, we're saying that you need two people to read the document because who said the first guy tell the truth? But in the case where you have the Gadol and you have the people that are reading it are, are, are fearful, so then it would be uh, permissible. Good. Comes the Gemara and says, Rav Papa, ki yava atal shtara parsaa. When they would bring in front of him a star that was written in Persian, that was uh, made in the arkaot of the kutim, of the goyim, and the signatures were goyim, which we learned above that we machshir such a get dinah the malchuta dinah. Why we said that the, the law of the land is the law, therefore the arkaot that enforced the laws of dinim, you could trust it. Which means he would have two kutim come and read him the star, but one not in front of the other guy, and he wouldn't explain to him exactly why he wants them to read the star. He just read this over What is it? He would do it in a way because if they know exactly why he's what his intention is, they might uh, you know uh, they might lie to him and things like that. So he would read them one without the other one knowing, and he would read it. To them, which means that they would just, uh, he would tell it to them without telling them the halachic ramifications why he wants them to read the gate, because then he suspects them they're going to, to lie. Look at the. Uh, but, uh, and then once they read it to him, what did they do? What did he do? He says, Then he would validate the star so much. He would use it to even collect from Mishabideh, from, from properties. We learned earlier that he could only collect from properties. That's if somebody owes somebody money. So without a start, he could only get from his movables. But if you have a start, he can even go to the property that he sold and put a lien on it. So therefore, when, when, he, when they would read the start in front of him, and he would validate it, even though it came from Al-Qaot it's okay. Now, even though above we said that such starot are no good, that was, much, was coming out from Hidyotot. When the star comes from not uh, not a real betin of the guim, it's just coming from uh, non-professional judges that don't have to answer back to the government. Then we said you cannot use the star. But in this case over here, it was al kaot, it was regular government appointed judges and things like that. So once he once he had them read it to him, he only trusted two, and he didn't trust them together because they would uh, you know they would uh, you know they, they would go go into cahoots with each other. And even when he would have them read it. It was only, you know, in a way where they weren't understanding why he wants them to read it, so they would have a chance to, to trick him. This is a case that we learned earlier. They have a certain star that's written in Persian. Right? You have Jewish uh, people signing on the star. Okay, even though it's written in Persian, 
you have Jewish signatures on it, you can even collect from property. Okay, what else are we talking about? How can the witnesses sign a Persian shtab? They don't know how to read Persian. They know how to read. What are you talking about? You have to write it on a type of parchment that is uh, non-forgeable. That's a type of shtab, a type of parchment that what? That when you erase it, you're able to notice the erasures. However, the, uh, these, uh, these people over here, the, the Parsiim, how do they know how to make this cloth? So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. It's talking about where they put the gold nuts on the shtad, and when you put the gold nuts on the shtad, that makes the shtad, you know, non-forgeable. So the shtad was okay as well. Now, We learned earlier that the custom was that they used to repeat the conditions of the shtad at the end of the shtad, in order, they don't want to leave a blank space between the end of the start and the signatures of the witnesses. Because if you have a blank space, the guy can come and add more conditions. So they don't do that. Yeah, they did do it. They repeated. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, Is the Hadush in you can write a start in Persian in any language? Tanina, we know that. Get shikadvo ivrit. Ve'edav yivanit. Yivanit ve'edav ivrit. Kashir. We know that already from Git. If you wrote it in Hebrew and, you, and they signed it in Greek, or they wrote it in Greek and signed it in Ivri, it's okay. Well, what's the Hadush of the story? If it was just for the story of Gitin, maybe only by Gitin we're lenient because of Aguna and things like that. However, I would say maybe by Shashtarot we're not. Even by Shashtarot, you can have the Persian writing and the written in another language, and therefore it's going to be. Okay, as well. Amar Now we go to explain that there was never a Havamina that you need a Shar Shtarot to be written in Hebrew. That we could assume, like you're saying, can be written on Kaot and all that. The Gemara's question was, you might think that it has to be written at least in the language that's spoken in the Medina that they wrote it. So over here, they wrote it get in Parsi, but they didn't speak Parsi over there. So you might think that maybe that's not good. Even if they write it in a foreign language, in a place where it's not uh, understood, still the get is, or the shtar is, okay. Comes the Gemara now, with another deal. Amar Shemuel. Interesting case. Natana niyar halak. He gave a lady a blank piece of paper. You have two witnesses standing there watching this uh, uh, paper being given over, but they're far away, so they can't notice that the bl- it's a blank. And he comes along and says, okay, this is your get. So the deen is Megureshet. Now how can it be Megureshet? It's a blank. So the Gemara says, We're worried that maybe he wrote it in this, uh, this, um, this juice, this water that has the gold nuts in it, on a type of cloth where it was treated, and therefore you really can't uh, notice it uh, so good. And therefore it's like invisible ink, where it, it's there, but just not noticeable, so it looks like it's a blank, and now uh, you, you can't see it, and therefore uh, she's really divorced. Okay, what are you talking about? Guy gives a lady a get. She took the get immediately, she received it, she throws it in the ocean. Or she immediately throws it into the fire. So now there's no proof of the get anymore. But witnesses saw she got it. 
Then the husband comes along and says, Shtar Pasimu. Oh, that wasn't a get that I gave. That was a Shtar Pasim. What is a Shtar Pasim? That she explains, Shtar Piyusim Shomela Havero Oavo Mamino Shiktovlo Alatsmo, Shtar Hov Kedeshir Ashir. A guy, let's say, wants to get a loan from a bank. Right? So he, he wants the bank to think he's a rich guy. So his friend writes him a document, you know, I owe you a million dollars. It's a star pius, it's a friend, and I can go to the bank, look, that people owe me, I have credit, things like that. That's called a star pasim, or star amana. What is star amana? A guy, let's say, uh, as she says, shekatav lelavot velo lava. Which means he lets the Malveh write up the Shtad. You know, you owe me uh, $10,000. Okay? Now, he trusts him that he's not going to present it to him until he gives him the, gives him the loan. But he tells me, I want to write it up. Okay, write it up, no problem. And uh, you lend it to me, you'll give me the money, then, then, uh, then uh, you know, it'll, take, it'll take hold. In any event, the point is the husband over here is saying, Oh, that item I just, I just gave her? That she threw in the water? That there's no, there's no way you can recover it? It wasn't a get. So the deen is, Migureshet. She's divorced. You know why? Which means, we don't believe him now to oser her to, from getting married. Why? You said it was a get. Two witnesses were standing there, so you gave it. Now, they didn't, they didn't read it uh, in front of them, but what? They said there were words. There was words written on it. And you said it's a get. So we got to trust you. So the Gemara makes a diuk. Only because they was writing on it. However, But if there was no writing on it, so then when the guy comes along and says that without any writing on it, we're going to say, it's nothing. The only reason why we say it's tough because there was writing and he said it's a git. But if there's no writing, so therefore it's nothing. Yeah, well, that's not, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you the case we're talking about over here. Look at that sheet. If you're going to tell me that even on a blank paper, she's Megureshet, very simple. Why did the Tana have to give me a case over here where there was writing? Give me a bigger Hadush. That even when there's no writing on it, and she threw it in the water, that the get is not going to be a uh, get. From the fact that you... Uh, I'm sorry, that the get is a get. Which, why'd you only tell me a case where there was writing? Tell me a bigger hadush. The fact you didn't tell me the bigger hadush must be in that case where there's no writing. The get is invalid. So it comes again with us, I'll tell you the case. You know why we said it's okay? You checked it. Which is after he gave the blank to the lady... The rabbi or the witnesses took the shtar and he put it in a certain uh, uh, chemical and the letters come out. E palit palit. Velo palit. Velo kelum. Which means, there's, it seems when you write it in such a way, if you put it in a certain item called menara, that she says mayadara is a certain uh, type of uh, color, you, you, you smear the git with this uh, this color over here, and what happens if there's writing on the git? It'll it'll come out. So they, it went through a test. So comes the Gemara and says, "Vehi palit mayavi." What do I care? Even if the letters come out, so what? Hashtaud the palit. They came out now. Bottom line, at the time of the git, uh, they weren't. Uh, there was no writing there. That she says. It's not considered writing. It's only coming out now. 
which it, 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 it was not legible at the time you gave the get. It only came out after you put the uh, put the it only surface after. It was legible though. No, no, we don't know. We, no, we don't know when it was. We don't know when it was legible. Well, how do I want you to throw it away? That case over there was there was writing. Again, there's two cases here. There's a case where there was writing on the get, and he gave it to the lady. She threw it in the water, and then the guy claims, no, 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 it wasn't a get. Then we say you have no right to change your mind. We're going back to the original case where he gave her a blank, gave her a blank, and said, "This is uh, uh, your get." And after uh, uh, she gets it, the government said, "It's uh, well, there's no writing on it. That's okay. That can be okay." So you know, the way you tested it. Oh, you tested it. How, how can you say it's good? Which means now it's okay. Now the letters came out. But at the time of the get, there was no letters. So comes the and says, Shemuel Nameh Haishinan Ka'amar. Which means, he's, I didn't say that it's a kosher get. All I'm telling you is, you have to be hoshesh. Suspect. What do you have to suspect? Maybe at the time that you gave it, the writing was there. And then after she got it, it erased, and then when you put it in the water now, you're able to see, which is, we don't know what was the status of the get at the time of the giving. If there was nothing written on it at the time of the giving, it can only come out through this, uh, this process, then it's not a get. But she was, we don't know. We don't know what the status of the get, when it got to end. And it was, I didn't say it's definitely a get. I said, Haishinan, that it's a get. Look at that sheet. That she says, Haishinan, Shema Lon which means, I'll tell you, maybe the letters were not swallowed into the cloth so much. And if that's the case, it's a good get. And therefore what? The emit. Let's say the husband dies right now. As surah the Kohen. Wow. We're going to be mahmir. Because yes. maybe if the get's a get, she cannot marry Kohen. And if the husband dies, she's not going to be able to make Yibum. Because maybe she's divorced. She has to make Khalitza. The Safeq Girushai. Because she's indeed a Safeq Girushai. Which means... Bottom line, even if you want to tell me you put the um, you put this uh, chemical on the paper on the cloth in order to get the the words to come out, I'll say now it came out. But at the time that you gave it was kitab balua, and therefore you gotta have a kitab on a get when you give the get. Yeah. So Shemuel says the truth of the matter is that was my safik. I don't know if there was kitab there. Maybe there was kitab there at the time, and then it got erased after it went ahead, right? So therefore he says you gotta be mahmir. What's the mahmir? You got to treat her like a divorce, which means they're not going to get remarried, by the way, with this kid. To get remarried, you're going to make her get, give her, have another kid. But, at this point over there, if the husband dies, we're not going to let her marry a uh, Kohen. Because maybe it was a divorce. Or for that matter, if the husband dies, we're not going to let her make Yibum. Because maybe it was a get. So we have to be suspicious of a get, which means it's a get. Misafik. Baruch Amen, amen.